Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. As we continue to stand, Luke chapter 1 is where we turn our spotlight in this worship experience beginning at verse number 11 and reading down through verse number 17. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic beverages, drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Amen. You may go to your seats. I want to come back to verses 14 and 15. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic beverages. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. I want to talk in this service from the theme, prepare for greatness. Prepare for greatness. Let me, let me take just a moment to salute the brothers of Alpha Phi Alpha today. Amen. The Alphas are celebrating their Founders Day, and again, we want to salute them 116 years ago today. Amen. 06, come on, stand up, Alphas. All Alphas in worship. Amen. All right. Amen. Salute them. I should have known when I saw these black and gold jackets coming in that this was a day of, of significance. 
but we celebrate the alphas and we get ready to move into the real holiday celebration. Amen. Because there's a lot of crimson in the room. And amen. So we're getting ready to slide from A5A. Okay, I'm going to leave it all alone. Prepare for greatness. Prepare. We just watched the World Cup. Of course, our team is going home. But there again, it's talking now about how they will prepare for four years from now. They're preparing to be successful. Preparation that takes place. Whether it's in business, education, athletics, there is the sense of preparation. Preparing one's mind, one's spirit. Even today, we've heard the moving testimony of our dear sister Wiggins who came and stood boldly and talked about the journey, how she came to and is where she is. Preparation is critical. Preparation of getting ready. Matter of fact, most of us, before we get ready for public presentation, we have private preparation. We prepare ourselves so that we might deal with whatever it is that we have to face. But not only am I preparing, but we want to prepare for greatness, not just ordinary, not just the simplistic, but there is the desire to be great. Not for ego, not for persons being able to salute you or whether you'll have a star on the Hollywood floor, Hollywood walk of fame, but we prepare for greatness. We want God to say, essentially, well done, my good and faithful servant. You're preparing, you're going through the sense of how it is that I will develop, grow, be impacted. How am I going to deal with life uh, that is that lies ahead. I'm reading a book now by the name of Waging a Good War by Thomas Ricks. It talks in that book, Lisa, about how the military strategy that worked its way into the civil rights movement, how they had to prepare how it was that John Lewis had to instruct others and because he had a janitorial job while in college he had access to what we knew as the mimeograph machine. He would pass out the persons who were going to participate and it would be the do's and the don'ts. How do I respond? Matter of fact, 
one very disarming thing happens that an individual is spat upon by a Caucasian and after being spat upon, disarmed him by asking, did he have a handkerchief? That was disarming. Now, I know many of you, that's, again, that is so far removed from where we are. You're a Christian, but if, if your mentality in that time, you would not have survived. Because many of all, no, 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 some things I'm just not going to take. But it was strategy, that sense of preparing. Dr. King and others had shared with them, he said, if we respond violently, that is what they want. And then they will unleash bullets, dogs, hoses, because all of those things were being released upon nonviolent people. Imagine what would have happened to violent people. A different era. And Rick does a wonderful job in segueing that story about a good, waging a good war. The reality of it is, and I'll spend three days this week here at the City on the Hill, First Baptist Highland Park, talking about the unseen war. There's a war going on, and you don't even see it going. It's a war of the mind where our children's minds are trying to be hijacked by the world, by music that is laced with profanity, the degradation and the put-down of women, not as respecting authority, not looking at all these kinds of things. There is an unseen war. Your grandchildren are in the midst of it. Your children are in the midst of it. We are in the midst of it. Pandemic says, the statistics are coming out about how now that we have educationally fallen back because of how education systems had to segue through the pandemic. During the pandemic, I was listening to an educator from Camden, New Jersey, and she was talking about the percentage, the low percentage of individuals who had internet access. And therefore, that when they were having to go to online, that there was a catch-up. But it's not just in Camden. But it's in many cities in America. Many urban centers where we had not the same kind of access. But here it is. We must prepare for greatness. Reverend, how can you stand up there and say that? Yes, we have to prepare for greatness. And, and we realize that there is, in Luke chapter 1, 
one who is helping the preparation by the name of John. And we understand him later to be John the Baptist, or as some people put it, Linda John the Baptizer. And when you know the story of Jesus, you realize that John says, Dr. Yvonne, that I am not worthy, but I have an assignment. The sense of preparation. Someone could ask the question today, Reverend, how can you lift that as a tithing message? How, how, how does, how does that weave its way into it? Because you've got to understand that one of the aspects of our growth is our obedience to God. And as I am obedient to God, I am preparing for greatness. Preparing for it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I'm not. I'm not thinking. I'm not going to say I'm all that. But I. But I. I'm grateful for parents who've gone on to be with the Lord, who sowed into me, and helped me to become whatever it is and whoever I am today. I'm glad for that. I'm glad for every revival I went to and every Sunday school class I went to. I can, I can remember now my, my father was the superintendent of Sunday school and we used to get up there early. We just set out the chairs and, and then we would go, we were, at, we were at prayer meeting. We were little kids going to prayer meeting. Matter of fact, most of the church didn't even go and I was trying to figure out why we were there. And so we were sitting there in prayer meeting and our little feet were dangling from the chair, but, but our father was going. Matter of fact, one time we were on our way to prayer meeting and we went by the pastor's house. He wasn't going. And I said, to, I, I, we got in the car, so I said, why in the world are we going and he's at home? But God was working preparation. I was a student at Oral Roberts University. I had come home, and I was going to prayer meeting one, one Wednesday night, and my dad was out of town. Because I, and so he was out. Now, get, get this. He was out of town, but I was in prayer meeting. And I was in prayer meeting not because anybody told me to be there. I was in there because I wanted to be there. And I walked into that prayer meeting, and I could see the deacon who was up front, Deacon, deacon, deacon Hendricks. I can still hear him. Uh, Wesley Hendricks, he was leading the prayer meeting, and he said, Young Davis has just walked in, and, and we're going to turn it over to him. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it, and he said, and he stepped aside. He said, Young Davis, you, you come on down here. You're going to lead us tonight. God is always preparing us. Nothing but a college student. I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I was just coming to, to lay in the cut. I wasn't, I wasn't coming to lead. But no, he said, "You going to a Christian school? You ought to learn something. And whatever you learn, I want you to come up here and learn us. Come on, somebody. God is preparing us. He's preparing us. He prepared you for whatever it is you're dealing with right now." Some of you have had to funeralize loved ones and spouses and you've had to deal with your own challenges of 
parents and siblings and all of the things that you, you've had disappointments, but all that you go through, God is still shaping us and preparing us. There's a preparation that's going on in this, in this, in this wonderful passage of Scripture. We, we are grateful for how it is that God can indeed show up and show out. The first thing I need to tell you, all of us should desire to be great in the eyesight of God. There should be a desire to be great. I want you, God, to do great things in my life. I'm available to you. Where you lead me, I want to follow. I want you to order my steps in the Lord. I had ought to have a desire for greatness. The words of Scripture are, are, are wonderful because it says, it says right there in 14 and 15, it says, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. God is preparing you. Playtime is over. We've had a whole lot of fun. I know we've done things and this, that, and the other, but I'm, I'm grateful to God. But for every time the Lord has shown up and looked past our faults and seen our needs, we can be grateful that we get up another morning able to give God praise, lifting up my hand, adoration unto you, God. I am grateful to you. There the, ought to be the desire. I can't give you desire. But when you have desire, desire will also link into Deacon McCormick passion. Because if when one is passionate, you can, you can sense it. You can't, you can't fake passion. Thank God. And persons who are, who are excited, they're real, they're, they're dedicated to whatever their craft is. There is the sense of being able to say, I am all in for whatever it is, God, that you want to do. I was listening last night to the statements being made by Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, who was sharing with his, his Jackson State team that he was getting ready to, he's getting ready to take another assignment and leave and coach the University of Colorado. You could sense in the, the heaviness of in the room. But, and, and, and again, Prime was saying, he says, you know, I'm not doing it for the money. He's not doing it for the money, but he's going to get paid pretty good. He made $5 billion plus per year just to point those folk around. Amen. Come here, go there, line up there, catch this, block that, tackle here. $5 million plus. I'll take that. Amen. I could do that on a Saturday and be here on Sunday morning. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Most of the games are afternoon games. I, I, could, I could be in church on Saturday night. 
If, if that all I got to do is put a whistle on my, on my, around my shoulder and stand on the sidelines, prepare. He was telling them. He's telling his players, giving them some the direction. We're going to move. We're going to do. But we want to be great in the eyes of the Lord. The second thing is, God can walk us through the most challenging moments. Some of you, I don't have to tell you that, you know about walking through a challenging moment. You, 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 know, you know challenges. You know physical challenges. You know family challenges. You know professional challenges. You know community challenges and organizational challenges. Some of you even know church challenges. Everything's not going to be smooth. You're going to deal with some ups, some downs. You're going to deal with some challenges. And many of us now, when they, people will come to church and, and enjoy the, the worship at the First Baptist Church of Highland Park, but they don't know about some of the ugly business meetings we had years ago. But God allows us to come through, grows us, develops us, shapes us, shapes us into who we are today. But God is the one walking us through. There are two verses right there. It says Zechariah was shaken. He was overwhelmed. He's having a conversation with an angel when he saw him. And the angel's talking to him and said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your, your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And I'm going to give you the assignment. You're going to name him John. He was overwhelmed with fear. He was shaken. The angel is having a, talk, have a little talk with him. And because the angel has now appeared in the sanctuary. It's a wake-up call. I remember, I remember, I remember. And it's a part of my own, my own call story. Uh, that, that I felt like God woke me up and he just looked at me. I said, what you going to say to me? And, I was just, and he just looked at me. And I, and, and, and I said, well, how am I, how am I to interpret your look? But God said, no, I'm not, I'm not quite ready for you to move yet. But right now, I just want to give you a look. Now, many of us grew up it with the kind of parents I did, and and when you would do wrong, sometimes there needed to not to be any words at all. It was just a look, and you knew what the look meant. I mean, you there was no there was no speech, there was no nothing that they, they could be across the room, and they'd give you that look. And now, now, most of us in this room, we, we did not come from a timeout uh, uh, situation. We, uh, uh, we're going to give you a few moments to go in the corner and figure out what you've done wrong. No, no, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't what we got. We, 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 didn't, we didn't get it like that. That look meant something else. And, and, and sometimes it, it would make for a long car ride home. I mean, I used, to, I, used to, I used to do a lot of playing in church. I was, and my father told me one time we were heading home, he said, you're going to get it when we get home. 
He says, and, and, and when we got home, we pulled up, we pulled up in, 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 in the driveway. I ran into the house. I ran in. I was trying, I was trying to get, I trying to, trying to get my mother's attention. And, you know, I, and I, did, I did that. I did that. I did that. I, I had a fight one time in church. I had a fight. Young man. We had a little family fight. It was our brothers, my, me and my brothers against another group of brothers. And it was, it was, and we used to have communion service. So, and it was evening communion service. And we were out there. And we, they were talking. We were talking back to them. Then all of a sudden, bam! And then we were running to the altar. My father looked up. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know what was going on. He was like, "Man, all these young guys running to the altar." <laughs> but we were running to the altar because we hit them, and they were going to come run and get us. So all of us were at the altar. That did not end up well. But anyway, the point of the matter is that you've got to understand that whatever your challenges are, God can help you. To nap. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed. He couldn't handle the moment. But there is no moment that God can't handle. And some people say, I, I'm not, not going to tithe. I can't handle it. Turn it over to him. And when you turn it over to him, you're going to realize that you're going to go further doing it his way than your way. You see the example that we have here? This is all God gives us. And it's all he requires. And if I said to myself, I'm going to keep some of this for myself. I'm going to keep some of this. Now, do I look greedy or what? That I can't give God, uh, I'm going to do the best I can. And you look at everything God has done. You look back over what everything God has already done in your life. All that God is doing. And then all he asks of you is this. And you say, I'm overwhelmed. No, Zachariah, you're getting ready to have a birth to take place. And all I want you to do is trust me. Here's my last point. The ultimate goal of the believer is to turn persons to Christ. Our ultimate goal is evangelistic. It's evangelistic. And you cannot win folk for something that has not won you. I can't win you if I am not totally giving myself over to him, time, talent, and tithe. Everything of who I am, you got to turn it over to God. It takes discipline. It takes consistency. It takes faithfulness. And you could fool me, 
You can fool your family, but you can't fool God. He knows. He knows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He knows. And, 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 then, and then the book of Malachi says that if you don't do it, you're going to be cursed with a curse. And I can't lift the cursed. But there, this is a curse that you can lift by your own faithfulness. Now that don't, some, somebody said, I don't, I don't know. Trust God. Try God. There's some folk in this room, if we were able to throw out the line and we would say, I want everybody who's been blessed by tithing to give your testimony. There'd be folk who'd be running around and they were sharing all the things that God has done just because they were faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, that, and Zechariah, it says, Jesus is going to come 16 and 17, and he will turn Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, the Old Testament prophet. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of their fathers to children. He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Some things about faith I don't understand. And that's simply the mystery of God. But I can say to you that when you trust him, when you give it over to him, he is still a miracle worker. He's still a burden bearer. We opened up this worship talking about turning over my burdens to the Lord. I don't know what your burden is, but I do know that God can bring you out of wherever you are and set you up for greatness. This is a great church filled with a whole lot of great people. And we've gone through storms. We've gone through challenges. But I'm still looking to God as the author and the finisher of my faith. I get joy when I think about what the Lord has done for me. What the Lord is doing for me. Good morning, Highland Park. May the Lord bless you real good. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, hallelujah, preparing you, opening up doors, knocking down walls, picking us up, turning us around, putting our feet. I got some survivors in here, some overcomers in here. Yes, yes, I will turn it over to you. Prepare, prepare for 23. But I'm preparing now on my knees. Yes, give it to God. Turn it over to him. He will take care of you. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all, all right? God is preparing you 
and us for greatness. Nothing too hard, nothing too difficult, no mountain too high, no valley too low. I put my trust in him. And when we do that, God is able to bless us over and over and over and over again. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park and Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web, fbhp.org. And remember, there's power at the park. I